Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Open Championship. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, how's it going? Oh man, what a um, what a morning that was. That was really something else. I, I, I was pacing around the house. I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of knew, but I didn't know if it was really. <laughs> I didn't know if I could believe my eyes. Um, but it, it was just so special to watch. So I, I really enjoyed the morning. Yeah, I was pretty nervous. I don't know how these guys play golf. I was nervous. Just I was so nervous. Golf. Uh, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to have you. Hey, good to be with you guys again. Uh, you know, I've got two questions. I'm, I'm, when is nighttime now? Because I'm now ready to sleep because I've had like a few early mornings in a row. And then every time we were going down one of those closing fairways, you know, 10 is almost straight away, uh, 12, 13, 14, a lot of those holes kind of run straight and there's not much turn to them. And I was thinking of Royal Lytham, which done every one of those fairways has got like four or five pot bunkers dotted down either side. And they're like minefields. And I was like, yes, these guys hitting these balls down there with light breeze. And I was like, just waiting for a pot bunker to come into play. And all of a sudden Louie hits it into one and sort of puts paid to his chances. And I was like, man, this Lynx golf is so cool. Every year I'm thrilled by this tournament. Yeah, it was right after Morikawa had just skirted one off the tee, right after Spieth had just skirted one off the tee, and we're looking for a straight bounce from Louie, and it gets one of the left-hand kicks and rolls into one of those pot bunkers. We are expecting Kyle Porter as he wraps up his other obligations. Hold, join us. But gentlemen... Our final major championship of the season, our sixth this, no, fourth, fourth this year, sixth this season uh, is complete. And it's Colin Morikawa who is victorious after shooting a Sunday 66 that Greg, I would argue he was very much in control of. You know, he had not made a bogey since the fifth hole on Saturday. Uh, this was kind of him firing on all cylinders. And even when he got into a hair of trouble, he seemed to be able to extract himself from it. Yes. Um, and and this is the knack that I'm kind of starting to notice from Colin Morikawa. Um, and he did this at the Memorial as well. But when he doesn't have his best, ball striking wise i'm not saying he didn't have his best but but there are times where he doesn't necessarily dominate with ball striking his putter seems to come alive uh and so what an incredible competitor because um he did miss a couple he, he missed a couple of uh approach shots he didn't flag it on every single one like we've kind of grown accustomed to um, and when he did miss, he was able to scramble for par. And it was the putter that ultimately did it. So he was near automatic inside of 10 feet. And he never gave Jordan the break that he kind of needed. And Jordan said this afterwards, I needed a break and never got it because Colin Morikawa was so locked in with the putter in that short range. And for a guy that struggles the way he does throughout the year on the greens, 
he has this ability to um, to perform under the pressure in the clutch. I mean, he's 172nd in strokes game putting for the year. And today he looked like the best putter in the world. So I, I was, I was so impressed with what he did on the greens. Um, it, it was, it, it was amazing. It was almost hard to watch as a speed fan, hoping that speed could come around and get it done. It, um, but you just felt like he was a, a robot. And I was kind of calling this the, the magic versus the machine. And he was definitely the machine in this um, and, and ended up getting the job done. You know, Greg, I, I want to build on what you said there because you referenced the putting and obviously the putting was the difference. You know, that always is. And now I sound like me, like I normally do, especially in these big events that you got to putt make putts coming down the stretch if you want to win big events. But, and you said he didn't flag the irons like he normally does. I watched this performance and yeah, he was a little loose early. That's understandable because it's nervy. But from then on, he hit the ball on the correct side of the hole every single time. Even the wedge to the par five, the 15th, that came up a little shy. It's better to be underneath that slope than over the back with that pot bunker in the back there and that tiny little plateau. So everything he did was just so clinical. And then he gets up there on 17 and for me, delivered the shot of the week when he's in there in the, in the little first cut of rough, first cut uh, uh, shot out there. Thank you. And he, he lands a ball like 30 yards short of the green and that false front in front of 17 is big. It's like six, seven feet high. And he bounces this thing up there to hole high. And I tweeted about it. I was like, this guy has now done links golf two weeks in a row. And he's pulled off a shot like that on the 71st hole with a lead under the highest of pressures. It was virtuoso, that stuff, man. And I would just watch the guy. You call it robotic. I, it was mentally so acute. And then he had the physical gifts to back up the shots he was selecting. And, and just everything was on point. And, and it was it was a, it truly was a clinic under the highest of pressures. Probably. It was a, it was a beautiful little feel shot that one on 17. And that's what I, I thought he did so well with, with when he was in the rough, like on 15, when he was long of 15, um, long left there. And when, and on 17, when he was just in the first cut feeling how to land it, it it's so hard to know. I got to land it 30 yards short or 37 yards short. It's so different than we're accustomed to seeing week in and week out. Yeah, and, and forgive me, he did miss, he, he short-sided himself in 15 there. That was abysmal, but you got like a, whatever, it was five iron in your hand. Um, right. But you, you talk about landing that ball short. It's not just gauging the bounce. It's getting the ball to come out with a correct spin so the thing doesn't flutter and die and hit the ground. Because, yes, those links fairways, they can be firm. But if you get one spinning too much, it doesn't take that forward hop and then charge. It, could, it can almost grip and kill itself. So, yeah, I mean, it's it was a masterclass in ball striking to me. It really was. He basically made the adjustment in one week, Greg. I mean, Scottish Open last week, he wasn't very good. In fact, it was his worst finish as a professional in an event that he made the cut. It was T71. He talked about how his clubs were not going through the turf properly. He switches out his 7, 8, 9 iron, uh, remedies that. But, like, what a quick study this kid is it's it's really incredible how you know some guys would be afraid to make an adjustment like that or how he kind of switches between these putting these putting grips depending on what he feels is going to work he just seems to be a quick learn yes um now i'll be curious to see in future opens what happens when you get this was as little of an open champion experience as you can get in that the wind was down pretty much all four days, except for his Thursday round, which where, where he definitely did play in some wind. But 
you didn't get the rain. You didn't get some other things we're accustomed to seeing in the open. So um, I, I think that helped him. I don't think that was the reason why he won. I just think it, it helped a little bit. You had a little bit more benign conditions. You could play shots um, that were more traditional. Although then at the same time, he does step up on 17 and hit a classic link shot. So uh, there are some parts to me where I think this was closer to um, an American style tournament just because of conditions uh, where rough was really penal, probably more penal than it ever is on the PGA tour. So his driving accuracy was extremely important and he was had it on a string off the tee um, pretty much all week. He was never in the, he never saw him in the hay gouging it out or, or um, you, you didn't really see him in pop bunkers having to pitch out. So that was masterful. Um, but I'm really excited to see what he does going forward in the open uh, when you get some different kind of conditions, because I did think this was closer to American style play than um, than most opens are. I think you'll like this one, Mark, a quote uh, after Sunday's round about his putting. Kyle tweeted this out. Essentially, he gets asked about uh, his performance and where he would rank the putting display that he put on on Sunday. And he has this you know, very great quote, and he, he ends it with saying, yeah, everything about my stats say I'm not a good putter statistically. I feel like I can get a lot better. But in these situations, I feel like everything is thrown off the table. Forget about all your stats, who can perform well in these uh, who can perform well in these situations. That's why I think over the past few majors, you've seen a lot of the same names up there because they believe in their game, they know what they're doing when they practice and they're able to bring it out in these big moments. Yeah, the, the, I say it time and time again. That's probably why you're pitching this to me. They're immeasurable yep. <laughs> to go on when it comes to winning golf tournaments. You've you, you got to navigate nerves. You've you got to be able to make convinced decisions. You have to select the correct shot. I mean, you, Greg talks about how they were light wins, but on certain holes like five and some of those coastline holes over there, when you're playing into even a 15-mile-an-hour wind, the wind is so moist and heavy down there, it'll cost you two, three clubs. And I watch guys hitting four irons and stuff from, you know, 180 yards or so. Um, but with Marikawa, what he said is so true because when it's coming right down to it, and I, I always knew this, but it got galvanized to me by Jim Furyk and his dad, where I asked Mike Furyk, his father, what they were working on. This was many moons ago. And Mike Furyk's response was, I want Jim to know that when he's got to step up and hit a draw with a six iron on the 15th hole on Sunday at the U.S. Open, he knows what to do. It's not like if he leads the tour in statistics or whatever the case might be. It's like, can you select and then execute the correct shot under pressure? And if you can't, then can you put it in a place where you can go and minimize damage and go and advance and sort of do Jordan Spieth a little bit and box to fight another hole? And, and that's what Marikawa pointed out. And, and statistics, yeah, again, I point to a, a personal experience. Trevor, my brother, was an average putter at best on tour, but he won at Augusta National just because that week he found a little something on the greens. And the Wednesday evening prior to the tournament started, all the good practice almost went out the window because he had a bad time of it in the par three contest. And all of a sudden, I was watching this mental ascent he had made with the confidence in the putting almost go out the window and he managed to rebound and then goes ahead and wins a major on the toughest greens in world's golf to put under pressure. So, you know, statistics are important. They're a good barometer. You can sort of maybe predict something that's going to happen, but you know, when it comes right down to it, 
all that stuff goes out the window. You just got to hit the right shots at the right time. And, you know, the woods of the world, the Jack Nicholas, Marikawa's proved it now, Spieth, they, they can do this sort of stuff. And that's what it's about. Um, perfect segue, Mark, because we have to kind of try to put this a bit in into historical context here because, Greg, this is uncharted territory for a lot of people. I've got so many stats here. Let me throw a couple of nuggets here at you. Colin Morikawa becomes the second player to win the Open and the PGA Championship before the age 25. Tiger Woods, the only other one. Uh, no player in men's golf history has won in his debut in two different major championships until now, Colin Morikawa just accomplished that. And then here's probably my favorite. This is his second major in eight starts, eight major starts. There are only uh, two other players to reach multiple major wins in eight or fewer starts. Both of them were born in 1902, Gene Sarazen and Bobby Jones. That's my favorite <laughs> because we are talking about a completely just modern, like, like this is this is hard to fathom what he's doing, right? It, it is hard to fathom and it's almost it's hard to look at that and think that he will continue that kind of, like turn into a tiger woods it's still hard for me despite um what he's accomplished already it, it's hard for me to picture him winning 15 majors uh, i'm not saying he can't it's just it, it's hard to put to put that into perspective in today's game a player like colin morikawa can can do this and Going forward, um, he he doesn't have the look of the Tiger Woods in the in the driving distance. He doesn't have that that you don't you don't perceive it as he can dominate the game because he's just simply the the best athlete on the on the property. You don't get that sense. He's accomplished this strictly with his um, with his mind, in my opinion. I mean, yes, he has uh, many physical attributes, but. Um, it, whatever he ends up accomplishing, if he ends up accomplishing, um, becoming an all-time great, I, th I think the Hall of Fame is something we can almost uh, lock it up and throw away the key already. But but if he goes on to be a Mount Rushmore type player, a next generation Tiger Woods type player, um, it'll all be because of the mind more so than um, the the ability to dominate physically. That's a good take, Greg, and I want to add to that. Um, First off, recognizing that I channeled my inner Carl Porter just about an hour ago, and, and I, I'm not a big one for hot takes, you guys know that, but I, I couldn't resist because I was watching him pick up the claret jug and watching him make a very poised acceptance speech and, and where he made it less about himself and more about his caddy and the fans and the tournament. And So I was like, wow, gracious, humble, the guy I know, um, under pressure too. And then I was thinking, this guy now, he's got a... PGA, he's got an open, uh, and so I tweet, he, you know, he's halfway to the Grand Slam. I mean, what's the chances of this being pulled off pretty fast? Uh, now, I did that sort of tongue-in-cheek, and some folks are like, yeah, he can do this because he's just got to figure out Augusta National, and a few guys got after me, as you would expect, but it was more me just going, well, this guy's got the chops about him, but we, we need to pump the brakes just a little, okay, because Tiger Woods is a bridge way, way too far. I mean, if you, we have this conversation back in 2015, whenever it was, Spieth goes on his run, we'd mm -hmm. be having the same chat. And Correct. Spieth is still stuck on four. And remember, there was a guy, Rory McIlroy. Man, folks were giving him 10, 15, 20 majors, you know. He's stuck on four. He just wants to get to five right now. So, so yeah, two in quick succession is fantastic. And I'm sure his confidence is way, way high. 
But if there's one thing that I know for certain, and it was proved again this week with a Jordan Spieth run, it's not easy to win these things. It really isn't. And and us as fans and us as folks who appreciate the game need to, we need to be cognizant of that so we don't get swept up in the hysteria of it all and don't sound like fools. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Mark, where you can't, um, Tiger's too far to start comparing. And and you got to remember what has happened to some other players. But Rory and Jordan, there's a there's a difference with Colin Morikawa and them in what I've seen. Um, the, the, what you kind of see in that press conference was, it was amazing, but he didn't seem surprised at all. It, it seemed like this is, I think of a, of a football player scoring a touchdown and there are some guys who give you this huge celebration and dance and, you know, look at me and what I've done. There are other players like, uh, Curtis Martin, who just hands the ball to the ref and the line is you'd act like you've done it before. And that's what he does. He acts like he's done it before. And while he definitely appreciates the moment and appreciates how big it is, it seems very normal to him, which I think is really cool. Really, really cool to watch. Um, and, and it's hard to picture this guy going through real struggles. It's hard to picture that right now because he's he's so good and so complete. And he has the ability to uh, to, to flip a switch with the putter. Question is, is if there is a, a downturn in success, He's not going to win a major every year, but if he goes through a struggle, what would it be? I mean, Jordan Spieth is looking at the hole from inside of six feet for a while. It tells you there's a little bit of an issue there. You could maybe, you, you never feel comfortable watching Jordan. And if Jordan was, if you, if you were a couple of years ago to say Jordan's going to go through um, some struggles, he's not going to win consistently. Uh, you may be surprised at how, how bad it got, but I, I think you could see that, Hey, there's going to be a, there he may not consistently win throughout his career um the way we knew tiger would win consistently throughout his career <laughs> rory may be the surprise of it all but um but rory the same thing he's not the putter that that tiger was so i know colin's not that kind of putter but can he consistently win whenever he does putt well i i don't know it, it, it's uh it's kind of hard to look at and see the hole where he's going to struggle in the future it's really hard to see it right now well I'll quickly answer that, Rick, just real fast. Um, yeah, I'll take Rory as an example. When Rory hits the golf ball, it'll blow your hair back, even when he's off. I mean, just the way the thing gets hit and the speed that it leaves and stuff, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of a thing. But you mentioned the club. It's the shortest club in the bag. It's the most, uh, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Look at Spieth. That thing is infectious if it's not working. It'll ruin you and every other one of the 13 clubs in the bag. And if it's going well, you feel like you can make everything. And that's the one thing with Marikawa. If he irons out the putting woes somehow, and he makes himself one of those, to your, use your strokes gain metrics, guys, a positive putter, you know, then he's going to stack the odds in his favor. But if he doesn't, he may get lodged on too. Who knows? Who knows the future? But I know this right now. What he showed me over the last four days here in only his second go, I'll say again, his second go yeah. on Lynx Golf, his first open, <laughs> that, that, that's the stuff of which legends are made. The first 50 PGA Tour events were amazing. Five wins, two major championships, four major top tens. We'll check again uh, the next 50, see what this trajectory looks like. But so far, so good for Colin Morikawa, friend of the pod, by the way. Jordan Spieth, who would 
break the internet if he became a friend of the pod. Finished second, two shots back of Colin Morikawa. And Greg, it was not without an attempt. It was not without a Sunday 66 and trying to pull the heroics. But I think he is going to rue, let's call it the seven-hole stretch. No. Let's call it the eight-hole stretch. His final two holes on Saturday, he makes bogey from the middle of the fairway on 17. He makes bogey on 18 after missing a two-footer. And then he bogeys four and six out of the gate on Sunday. He erases that with an eagle at seven, and then he goes on a tear. But that eight-hole stretch, he is probably wishing he had a couple of those strokes back. You're going to have a stretch like this um, in a major championship where where things don't necessarily go your way and um, it, it it doesn't look good for for a period of time because it's it's demanding. The golf course is is demanding. Um, but the two uh, the two on Saturday are really I, I fear going to stick with him because you just have to wonder what if now you don't know if he's going to be able to go on that back nine run. If he is in contention, if he is in the final group playing alongside uh, Louie, I guess it would have been. Um, you see, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how that changes the course of events. So you can't just say if he makes par at 17 and makes par at 18, he's going to get into a playoff. It's not that simple, but he will definitely look back at, at those moments, especially the putt on 18 and, and he's going to kick himself. Uh, and you saw him kicking himself yesterday when he left the golf course, uh, going home with the putter, um, kind of getting right to the practice green. That's the kind of stuff that he'll view as unacceptable. Um, but all that being said, the run that he gave to us this afternoon was um, was nothing short of spectacular. And right when you're thinking he can't do it, right when you're thinking it's done, he makes a triple breaker on seven for Eagle, which yeah. just had to be fired up. And then and then he goes on to make a birdie at 10. The up and down at eight with the uh, with the photographer that kind of distracts him in the background. And then he makes the putt at nine and 10. And you're like, he can really, he can do this. But you just never got the, you never got the mistake. He, Colin Morikawa never made the mistakes that Jordan Spieth made earlier in the week. So um, all in all, it was thrilling, but it just points out how difficult and how well you have to play for 72 holes in a major championship. Yeah, Mark, the only guy he lost to was the guy who was in complete control, the elite ball striker who was the best putter for the week. I mean, it was and even and even the holes as he was coming in, you know, Spieth birdies 30, 13 and 14. He had some runs after that, too. There was a couple that burned the edge. It felt like he emptied the tank and Colin Morikawa just really never opened the door for him. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take the positive spin on this one. Um because yeah, he had that funky run, and we talked about it last night, that short miss on 18. I said I was fearful. He may rue that miss. And thankfully, he lost by two and not just one. Um, yeah. So, yeah I, just want to say, I just want to say that because this stuff sits in their minds just as long, much as what it does in the fans. And they've got long flight trips some, to places, and so there's a lot of time to think. Um, but I was just impressed by how he drove the ball. Um, he... he what was a perennial weakness for Spieth around a very severe golf course and around a golf course, which we had highlighted where you get mounds and valleys and, and plateaus and some of these fairways, they're sort of crowned in a way balls can kick off the fairway really quick. 
And you didn't see Spieth playing out of the hay very often, you know, and coming down the stretch on some tough driving holes in, in uh, certainly tw uh, not 12, but 13, 14, 15, 17. He just stood up there and swung away and swung with a... Never uh, got wild. Yeah, swung swung with like a childlike convict, uh, sort of abandoned about him and, and real conviction. And I think that bodes well for the future for him. Um, I just would like to see how... I'd like to see him at least... There were one or two attempts, I can't remember them off the top of my head, where he hit beautiful iron shots into you know, some of those back nine greens there, and the birdie attempts missed on the low edge. Now, when Spieth is on full fall, full flight, the hole catches the ball every single time because the ball is missing on the high edge. And, and I did notice today there were one or two misses that dropped low. Now, maybe that's the fact that the greens were running slow because everyone was leaving putts short. But Spieth, when he gets a sniff of the lead, that boy doesn't go away. So I was somewhat surprised that there were, I couldn't remember, but there were one or two opportunities that missed on the low side of the hole. When you say Jordan Spieth's name three times, Kyle Porter appears, KP. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in. And uh, perfect timing. We have we are on the Jordan Spieth portion. We'll certainly give you some Colin Morikawa piece as well. But uh, Spieth made that Sunday run, a Sunday 66 uh, we have kind of concluded that he played well. Colin Morikawa didn't really ever give him a, a chance to get too close. And it would have been really nice symmetry, KP, right, for him to win this event and kind of close the whole loop on this Jordan Spieth comeback thing. It would have just been a perfect storyline ending. But even without the victory, he's been back. He's contending again. All great positive signs from Spieth this week. Yeah, we talked about this on HQ, and I, I think that – is he going to be the guy he was in 15 or 17? I don't know. That guy was like the best player in the world. Yeah. Nobody right? and, might be that guy. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I think you will get guys that are, you will get guys that are that guy. It's Rom right now, but I don't know if, if it'll ever be Spieth again, but he's now back among the whatever, eight, 10, 12 guys that, that are like the best players in the world. And the guys that at every major, you're like, that guy could, that guy could win. He could win this week. And he didn't need to win this open to like, for that to be true. But he, I, th I do think he needed to like do what he did, which was really content, like really kind of be in it. And I mean, he lost the tournament on eight holes, the last two on Saturday and the first six on Sunday. And if you play those differently, then maybe it goes differently, but you know, he, he's, he remains, I think the best in the world. We talk about this a lot, me and you, Rick, the best in the world at peaking at the very end of a tournament. And it sounds like, oh yeah, of, of course, everybody does that, but guys will get near the lead and then back off. He keeps moving forward. And so often it seems like his best score of the entire week is whatever he has on the 72nd hole. And that's, that's, it seems, I, I it seems like he's better at that than, than some of the other top guys. His 267 uh, ties the lowest score for 72 holes by a runner-up. Phil Mickelson also shot the same in 2016. Not that that's a thing, but shows you how low he went, how how great he was this week. KP, we'll we'll give you an opportunity on Morikawa here. I pulled up your uh, the quote, the thing that you tweeted out his quote earlier about kind of throwing putting out the window. 
mm-hmm. it comes to these events and why the same names pop up. And I thought that was pretty insightful, but uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about our, our open champion. Did you guys talk about the like variance in putting? Cause he's object. I mean, he's just, statistically he's not a good putter. I, right. I don't like, you can't say statistically that he is a good putter, but you know, we, I think we've talked on here about the difference in, if you're consistently a bad putter versus like if you have really good weeks and really horrific weeks, you want that. Right. And, and I saw some people on Twitter saying that, is that, is that something that you've seen from him? Yeah. So what was the event before he won concession, right? Yes. Okay. And then there was, and he gained like five strokes putting that week or something outrageous. And at the start before that he had lost like five or seven, that that's what you want. He is definitely that type of player. And when you yeah. can tap into the upside, you just you pile up trophies. And so it means you're going to miss the cut at some majors, but that's fine. Like you don't, you don't. I mean, again, like we measure this stuff by who has the trophy, not by your Wikipedia. I mean, we measure it by Wikipedia pages, but nobody else does. Here's here's my take on Morikawa, and I thought that I thought this week. I thought it. I thought. What did we talk about all week? You know, the Rory stuff of like being frustrated about his mentality and the quote on Friday and, or whenever that was all this different stuff. Rory's a great champion. Spieth is a great champion, but you can see sometimes these guys say like, wait a second, am I a great champion? And the reason is because they've been through, they've been through some, some valleys, right? They've been through some depths professionally that Morikawa has not been through. Like he has an innocent, he is, he is a kid out there. He doesn't think like a kid. He thinks like he's 50 and he talks like he's 50, but he plays like he's 20. And so he's at this perfect, and that's what I wrote about for CBSports.com. He's at this perfect middle ground. Remember the Padraig Harrington quote from Kiowa, the PGA? Experience is overrated. Innocence is underrated. That wasn't the quote, but that was essentially it. And Morikawa is at this perfect middle ground where he's He's innocent with his swing and the way he plays, but he's also wise with the way that he thinks and and kind of gets around the course. And I think you see that play out. And he's he's the only guy really that's in that. Rom is maybe in there a little bit as well, but he still plays with that innocence and he plays like a kid, which is super fun to watch. But he also thinks like he's forty years old and has been doing this for twenty years. Mm. Uh, that's I, the thing about that mentality. He and Rom both. Rom has it too where it, it's hard to see them going through that the valleys that Rory and Spieth did because of the mentality that they have. They're, they're so strong. They're so um, they're skillful in their thought process, but and they will it, at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, well, we, we, we would, after Hoylake 2014, who would have thought we would say about Rory, man, he just, he doesn't know if he's, and I don't know if he actually thinks this, but there's, there's questions there in his head about whether he's still good. Yeah, you know, I, and, I understand and, what you're saying. But did you see Rory? See, Rory um during that time, it always was going really well for him. And and there there wasn't the the round and I, I could be wrong on this, but when I look at John Rahm when he has a, a bad round, he answers it beautifully. Yeah. He never yeah. looks to it's fair. technique, right? They these guys haven't made any changes, I guess is where ultimately where I'm getting at. Um, and Jordan hasn't either, except Jordan had the thing where he was looking at the hole with the putting. And if you're looking back at clues, that would be the clue that would say Jordan may struggle at some point. Now, of course, I didn't say this, and um, I'm sure none of us said it here either. But that that's the clue now with looking back in hindsight. 
with Rory, um, there maybe there weren't as many um, as many clues, and it's hard to find one. But I think Rory is playing really well when he played really well, and he struggled when things got away from him. Like a bad shot, like the shot he hit on ten, completely derailed him uh, at Augusta. That is, um, and and we haven't seen that out of. John Romer, or if we did, maybe at the Players Championship on the eleventh hole, he answered it, and we haven't seen it since. And and these players don't change anything, which I love. I love Colin Morikawa has been with Rick Sessinghouse since he's eight years old, um, and and John Rom has ever since he went to Arizona State and started working with Dave Phillips and TPI, they haven't changed his swing. All they work on is his body. They monitor his body every single week, the checks and balances, and and it gives them a great mental strength. And I think it, I think it will really help both of these guys in, in their longevity. Yeah. And I I don't even know that I do mean like what happens to you on the course being like, you know, a scar, but I also mean, I, I think when you're 30 and you've, and you're Rory or anybody that's kind of up there and you've been the, the best player in the world for like 10 years, that ages you and you don't, you don't have any like innocence about what professional golf is anymore, right? You're, you've been, you've been, and look, Rory lives a great life, but it's, it's also, it's not an easy life. Like you're traveling, you've got so much pressure on you. (laughs) Paul Azinger, you got so much pressure on you all the time. And Morikawa has not, I mean, these guys like I just I, I, the thing that we always reference is so and so's won more majors by the time Phil didn't win a major until he was thirty two. I don't think we're getting Phil's career anymore. Like I think the top guys right now are going to win young, and then labor to maybe a couple majors late. I don't think you have this extended into your thirties and forties Phil type career because I think the pressure on guys to be global stars and to do all this different crap like that they have to do as a as a superstar is going to age them and they're going to lose that innocence they're going to lose i, I watched Rory. sorry i'm going on so long i watched rory's champion golfer of the year uh, thing that that the open does he talked about in 14 he's like all i did was play golf that's all i did and that's not i, I mean maybe that's true of 2021 but you get married, you have kids, you, 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 you've been through all that stuff. And you're like, I don't know, man, like that's not the, the innocence is gone. And for more, oh, it's not. So I just, I don't know that we can ever do again. Oh, well, well, let's extend his career out to, and I've done this to 20 or 25 years. Cause I don't, I don't think guys are, are, uh, are, I don't think guys are going to be able to do that into the future. So basically, you're going to pay me that bet for Justin Thomas now. Yes, <laughs> I, I, yes, I you want um, out. You want out. I, I, I mean, I legitimately like that was a realization for me this week. Uh, the, the more, the more thing. I owe you whatever we bet. I owe it to you because I, I just, I don't, I don't know that a guy can exist in the top ten for twenty years without just being beaten down after a while. So you're not really saying, Kyle, if I understand you correctly, you're not saying. Um, a Stuart Sink winning twice at the age of forty, or, or Phil Mickelson winning a major at at fifty, is in, is never gonna not going to happen in the future. Just that the consistency for twenty five years, being a a perennial, going to every single Ryder Cup for thirty years like Phil has, or close to thirty years like Phil has, that's kind of it's the, it's more the consistency than the ability of older players to continue to win. 
Yeah, yeah right? and look, look, like Rory's been consistent, but you have to you have to have these real like you have to be um you have to have these really special weeks. And and I just think that that there's so many great guys. Like I, I, I think I think JT will be super consistent for the next 20 years. But I think as you get into like being 29, 30, 31, and you start thinking about your putting and you start thinking about having a family and all this different stuff that 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 beats you down, not beats you down, but just it 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 takes up your um, mental capacity. You're just not you don't play with the freedom that you did. And there's too many guys that if you're not playing with freedom, you're toast. And and there wasn't always that many guys, but there is right now. There, there certainly is. Let's pop on down to the two names that finished in a tie for third. And we'll start with our overnight leader mark. It was Louis Ustazen who uh, had a disappointing Sunday. He shot a 71. That's one over par. He got into some trouble at the par five seventh. That's where he went bunker to bunker. He ended up making bogey there. And I just, uh, I tossed the floor to you. I mean, what was your assessment of Louis Ustazen Sunday? I wish I could see him right now so I can give him a hug because he is probably smarting really badly. Um, that The whole tournament, and this is a big statement, um, for him, the tournament turned on seven. You know, he looked like he yeah. was in control, and then Marikawa makes a birdie, and he makes bogey, and that's essentially that. And he, you could see he was trying to sort of push the envelope a little bit coming in, but it just, it just wasn't as tight. And you could see he was sort of playing a little bit with that leader's burden we were talking about last night, Rick, where it was like the, the guys behind have that chase of freedom. You saw it with Spieth, you saw it with Ram, you saw it with Fratelli. And Louis was playing with the, with the leader's burden. And then to top that off, he's also been the guy that's now finished second how many times and everyone talks about it. And that's the first question he gets. And that's the thing, because we've seen you've referenced Mickelson. He, I had to answer this question for the longest time when he didn't win a major championship. And the same thing with David Duval, and and the list is long and pretty illustrious. So I feel for him some. Um, I felt like he did enough to win today, but the truth of it is, he didn't lose this Open. Yeah, he shot over par. He was just outplayed. Uh, with respect to Colin Marikawa, there there are few golfers in the world that could have stood up to what Colin Marikawa was doing today. And Jordan Spieth was one, but you always got the sense, at least I did, that, you know, like we talked about last night, that the guys in the final group, because they had a little extra time, you know, everything was in front of them, we're going to have the advantage. Then you add to that a guy in Morikawa who's hitting the ball on the button every single time and making everything he stood over. And then the putts he missed, they were rolling by the hole. So it wasn't really that defensive late in the round. Early in the round, he was because of nerves, I think. No one was going to beat Morikawa. So I feel for Louis. Um, I, I think he can hold his head high. I really do. Um, I'll tell you, as a South African, folks were pulling for those guys in the biggest way just because of what's gone down over there. And and, and so I'm proud of him. And when I see him, I'm, I'm going to tell him so because that was a hell of a run he had. He tried to summon – sorry, KP. He tried to summon a little bit of magic there on the back nine. He hit the flag stick from 245 yards oh, out for an, a, a near ace, which was, which was pretty funny. Stuffed another one close, but uh, yeah, the more cow ran away with this. Thing. He did. I, this was the one though, you know, I think people have talked about, Oh, um, Louie can't close Louie, Louis fades, which is not true. It, even am I getting feedback? Yeah, we, I hear it as well. I'm not sure where it's going. Is that me? Try it now. I think it's Mark's mic. There you oh, go. Mute, muting it. Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
This was the first one. His scoring average in his top in his second place finisher. So he had six of them. His scoring average 69.8 in the previous six. This obviously wasn't a second place finish, but that's really good. Like he didn't he didn't um fade away. Like he was I mean, he, he was he was like really right there. Like he he shows up on Sundays. I didn't think he showed up this Sunday. You know, it, I think to go out, I don't know what the scoring average was. I think it was the easiest day of the week, though. And to put up a 71, would he have still gotten beat? Probably. And then it for me, it would have fit into the other six where it's like, I don't know, dude. Like, you got to be like perfect against Morikawa. But he did he from seven. I mean, Mark's right. From seven on, it was just kind of it felt weak. It felt weaker than the other Sundays that that he's where he's finished, you know, in that top two or three. So is it still an awesome year? Of course. Um, is he still an open champion? Yes, absolutely. But this one felt like the weakest of all those near misses uh, over the course of his career. Kind of a, another, I don't want to call it a near miss, but John Rahm somehow finished third in this event, Greg. And I say somehow because he he played himself out of this golf tournament on Thursday <laughs> when he shot a 71. Yes. And then he played uh, the final 54 at 12 under, which uh, to note is the same three round score that Colin Morikawa shot over the final three, John Rom, My goodness. Uh, I don't have anything really to say other than he's now the, again, the number one player in the world and he is very good at golf. Yeah. And, and he is the best. Not only is he ranked number one in the world, but he is the best player in the world. Yeah, Sometimes that doesn't match you know, up. It, yeah. it does match up. It, it match. It does. Um, And, and he is so complete. And when I look at this leaderboard as a whole, I see, complete players Colin Morikawa this week because of his expertise on the greens was complete um John Rahm is complete week in and week out there's no holes in his game Jordan Spieth with his seemingly newfound accuracy off the tee I mean he was he, he completely in control off the tee both He's ways yeah, work, yeah shaping it I, I mean it, it's fantastic well I, what I noticed with Spieth is a lot of fades off the tee and a lot of draws into greens, um, which, hey, I mean, he is um, he's definitely in control, which is nice to see. So all of these players are they're complete, which is why the Open Championship is so great. It demands a, a complete game. But John Rahm sits on on top. He's he is ahead of everybody. Everybody I just mentioned, he's more complete than all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just because of his his driving distance, but he has that mentality that Colin Morikawa has. He has the fire where there's never going to be any quit in him. Um, he's consistently done things the same way, swung the club the same way, putted the same way. His short game remains unchanged, and he just continues to try and get better at each aspect of the game, and he does it beautifully. Um, so it's not surprising. It, the more rounds you play, the better John Robb's going to do. He's going to figure out his way. He's going to find his way. He's going to play a lot of really good rounds. Um, and when he plays a bad round, it's an anomaly. And that's what happened on Thursday, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he's John Robb is here to stay. I don't know how long he's going to be on top of the official world golf rankings, but um, he's very clearly his game is better than anyone else's right now. Yeah, he's the best of the best. And I, I was glad he won the U.S. Open because that was kind of a you know, it was a collection of the best guys in the world. If you look at just like the top 10 or 15 and, and him coming out on top was kind of fitting. I was thinking about this. I, I'd be curious to hear y'all's answer on this. Did Morikawa beat the three best players in the world to win this open? 
because I think uh, I, I should say the three best guys of 2021 to win this open, because I think, or, and maybe you throw more in there as, as one of the top four, but if you look at the majors, Ustazen and Rom, I think came out on top in terms of best aggregate score of all the guys that made, made the cut at all four. And then Spieth statistically has been the best guy all year. So I, I, it's it's kind of crazy that it ended like this because I, I think you could make a real argument that Ustazen, Rom, and Spieth are the are the three best players in the world in, in 2021. That's I a, think it's fair. I think it's really, really fair. I mean, you think about DJ, Justin Thomas, other sus other suspects, suspect. if you will, Rory McElroy, <laughs> other guys you would expect to be in that class that haven't been this year. Um, Bryson even in 2021 has been disappointing uh after the players yeah ever since he hit that top he's been really disappointed so um <laughs> what seriously is that one the top it was for forward spin yeah <laughs> anyway um <laughs> I, I think that's a really fair statement these guys have been they've been the very best um so cool to see really how, cool to see how about this mark john rom not only a top 10 in all four majors this year but if you go back to the november Masters, uh, five in a row on the first page of the leaderboard in a major championship. Yeah, uh, he is complete. And Kyle, you made the statement earlier that you felt like Jordan Spieth was the best closer. Um, I would counter that and say John Rahm is the best closer. He was not he, he was not really in it. He was in it, but he wasn't a part of the storyline at the U.S. Open, but for a flourish toward the end and Bryson falling over and Louis hitting one in the hazard down 17. So he's got that way too, where he plays his way up the leaderboard. And I, I, I firmly believe that Ram has got the real understanding of how the flow of a four-round tournament goes. It's something that a precious few have ever possessed, I feel like. I mean, to start it, there was Nicholas, and then Tiger Woods was the master. You know, Woods, in his prime, was the greatest at opening with 70 or 71, or 69, you know, not get it playing himself out of contention on Thursday. Then he'd build on that summer Friday. And then Saturday, he'd start to accelerate because he'd start to play a little more aggressively. And then Sunday, he would play as required. You know, a little offense, a little defense, whatever the case might be. Ram looks like he's got that figured out. And today, he just went out there and swung away. We talked, uh, we sort of opined on this a little bit Saturday evening, but he did what he probably had planned to do. He probably looked at the whole, whole locations with, uh, with, with his caddy, Adam Hayes, Saturday night. And was like, all right, attack, defend, attack, defend. Where do I go? Where do we change the strategy? And he came out here and put together a really good game plan. And then you add to that, he's got the ability to hit the ball where he intends to. And he found a way to make a few putts today. And so, yeah, I, look, he's certainly impressive. And for my money, he is the best golfer in the world right now. Um, it's it's a question of how long he's going to stay there, but he doesn't look like he's backing down because the one thing about him, like you mentioned, Greg, uh, the, the folks there at TPI, Dave Phillips and, and Greg Rose. I used to teach golf with Greg Phillips before he went to TPI. And he, all he and Ram do is they work on his physical awareness and his body and the mobility and stuff. They're very cognizant of the, the club foot. And then they just work on him covering the ball with his upper body. So he doesn't move around a bit. So as he's over the top of the ball and he's got that short arm swing, in my opinion, it's highly repetitive and highly reliable. Yeah. And I think that's more than an opinion, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> he's shown it time and time again. Right. So, uh, so as far as making swings under pressure, 
because there's so few moving parts. It's never easy, but it's easier than for most. Like for a speed foggy mistakes, that's got stuff moving all over the show. Ram is like big, strong guy, huge legs, turn over the top of the ball, hit the thing in the center of the face all day long. Sometimes his fade doesn't fade perfectly, but it stays in play. And when he makes putts, look out. He's going to shoot something in the 60s. Two, two other things. One, these four guys are maybe four of the five that I most enjoy listening to. Spieth, Ram, Morikawa, and Ustazen. I throw yeah, Rory in there. Uh, Rory, oh, I'd add Phil in there. Yeah, well, Phil Phil gets a little wayward at times, but and Rory. He, and, and and who? McElroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say I think Rory would be the fifth in there. Um, the other thing is, and we talk about this a lot, but you know, this week is a re- is just it highlights. There's I don't know eight guys that could win five majors in a different era. And there ain't enough majors. Like there's going to be some guys that come out of this this era, this, these next ten or fifteen years. You're like, man, he only had one. He only had two. You know, and and I, I don't know. We we talked this time last year. Like somebody's going to make a career out of the next eleven months, and it turned out to be Morikawa. And uh, I, I think it's just the next several years are going to be. I don't know that anybody's going to win more than they should. But there's going to be some guys that win a lot less than you think they will maybe right now. Well, especially if one guy does win more than they should. I mean, Morikawa to right. me is almost like stealing the show from a lot of the players. Yeah. He could steal the show from a John Rom and win, you know, way more majors. I, I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but um, there's only so many to go around. So you're right, Kyle. I just want to say this, and I think the the conversation about the arrow or the, the use, use of the quip era is sort of the segue. I'm just so happy to see that a Hogan-style player who hits the ball into the fairway, hits the ball with good irons, medium irons and stuff, the right distance, you know, hits the right shot, just doesn't bludgeon his way around the place like certain folks, <laughs> is having success. Uh, yes. And God bless it, may it continue for a long time because here's the truth of it all. Bryson can try and convince you that, you know, he's going to power the thing away and stack the probabilities in his favor. But that does not work everywhere. It doesn't. It doesn't work at Augusta National. It doesn't work around Lynx Golf. It'll work at the U.S. Open. The PGA remains to be seen. He looked pretty average at uh, Kiowa Island, which is, again, not one of those U.S. Open-style golf courses. So so it was refreshing for me to see Morikawa, Wurstazen, Spieth, all these sorts of guys lining up on the leaderboard there, and they weren't the power guys off the tee, really. Yep. I, 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 I love that. Oh, and the answer, well, I don't know if it, it's not the answer, but more, I mean, links, links courses, right? And that's, you know, Augusta is not a links course, but it's got a lot of the kind of elements of it. So uh, it, it would be, it'd be sweet to have, like, I, I heard some other, I think Noah Inop was talking about this, to have a link season, like not, not a season, but like a, like a stretch, a links swing, if you will, where you play five or six links courses. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. awesome. The All thing, right. um, real quick, the okay. thing that Bryson lacks that the great champions have, and I'll include Morikawa in there, but Tiger especially. The, see, the distance is always an advantage. The speed's always an advantage, but Tiger and Jack especially, they could always adjust, and their game wasn't designed around distance, although it may have been um, one of their greatest attributes. And and Bryson needs to figure out how to utilize this skill that he has but but adjust the strategy at times. And I, I think that he's um, he's lacking that right now. 
Well, it's a perfect segue because here's what we're going to do. We got to talk about a couple of disappointments. Bryson already kind of covered. We have to we go talk over. about my betting card. Excuse, it is coming up after the break. I'm about to tease it right now. I'm going to tease <laughs> this great betting card. Also, a massive change in the one and done standings. We have a lot to do on the other side. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. And we're back. Disappointments. We talked about Bryson DeChambeau. Let's go quick on Rory McIlroy. Here's kind of the storyline here, Mark. He made 17 birdies. If you want to put that into perspective, it's the same number that Dylan Fratelli and Mackenzie Hughes made. They finished fifth and sixth. Rory McIlroy finished T46. Yeah, I didn't get to see much of what Rory did today. Um, But I did make the comment. I was fascinated at his response to some of the shots that he hit that were on the right side of the flag, just not as close as he would have liked them. And I felt like perhaps the expectations were a little too high. But that's always commonplace when you have virtuosos. I mean, I've watched young, talented golfers coming up that hit shots that in my mind, I think the shots are good and functional. And to these players, it's a failure because it didn't go where it was supposed to. Yet the shot is still highly functional. And so I saw Rory sort of reacting a little too much. And I think putting added pressure on himself um, that was what I saw of rounds one through three. I couldn't comment on today, but yeah, look, 
the good news is he's, he made 17 birdies. The bad news is he made 17 bogeys or whatever it was. So, so it, it, you, you've got to be playing well to make 17 birdies. You don't stumble your way into that sort of stuff. So there's, I think, in terms of his movement along his timeline, it hasn't happened as quickly as what he would like. But if he was a stock right now, he looks like he's trending to me. You know, the driver pattern was, was a little tightened up. You know, the wedge game, I still think he's trying to stretch lob wedges too often. He's trying to hit the wedge too far. Um, but 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 I saw stuff that was to like, and 17 birdies in a major championship is a lot to like. What What is he trending toward? I think trending toward winning again. I really do. Because um, he's going to get... A major or just at all? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's always going to contend at Augusta National, and things might fall his way. Um, St. Andrews next year, you can pencil me in for the one and done because he could play that place blindfolded. We're already um, penciling you in for a, a 12 months from now one and done pick. <laughs> That's pretty sick. So he's, got, so he's got two venues next year in the majors that are right up his alley. Uh, I can't think of the other two off the top of my head. So, yeah, I, I think the game Southern is going to direction. And the country club. Well, Southern okay. Hills, he yeah. should destroy. I uh, I don't know. It's just... He's going to be a factor in August. Watch. It'll happen. It, we, we'll get to warm weather stuff. He'll go to uh, Liberty National, and he'll play pretty well there. He'll get up to FedEx Cup rankings. He'll probably win the BMW, and he'll get into contention at the at, at Eastlake and probably win there. So you watch. It's not a major, but he'll start to trend upwards, and then I don't know what will happen over the break time, but I'm sure during that time, he and Pete Cowan will be like this and they'll be really tightening up every area of the game because I saw Cowan on the greens with him this week too, and that to me was interesting given his time spent with Brad Faxon. So my caveat to this is I want Rory to win more than I want Spieth to win, and you guys know how much I want Spieth to win. Rory is super fun to write about. He's historically great. I I just don't know. Like, I... You know the Brooks thing where it's like, hey, fool me 27 times in a row and I'm going to start picking you to finish in the top 10 at, at major championships? I feel a little bit the opposite with Rory. Like, I, I, Part of me, I, I don't know why we treat him being a four-time major winner differently than we treat Padraig Harrington from being a three-time major winner. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know that we need to go into these and, and, and Mark's right. Like, listen, like the skill is just, it, it's a joke. He's got all the gifts. He's probably going to play well in the playoffs. He's going to go somehow six and oh at the Ryder cup as Europe wins, but six and oh, I'd be impressed. That's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, that's, that's a joke, right? <laughs> oh, sorry. Right over the top there. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't like, why are we going into these majors expecting, expecting Rory to win. I just, I don't know that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that we, I don't know that we should like, er, like, and it's a little bit of the innocence thing that I was talking about with Morikawa. Rory is not Rory's 32 or 33 or whatever. He's not, he's not, he's not Morikawa anymore. Like he's not innocent like that. He doesn't go in with the freedom of being like, I'm going to freaking win this. I'm, I'm winning the open. You know, like like a like a like he did when he was 24, and so I just I don't know I I I hope he does win the next 10 majors, but I don't know that that our the way we think about him going into majors, I think it I think it might need to shift a little bit. 
Um, the one thing I'll say to that, Kyle, when we compare Rory differently than Podrick Harrington because he was the player of the year in 2019, right? That's not that long ago. He just yeah, won I, the Wells Fargo, right? The, I'm mostly I'm mostly talking about majors, though. Right, but he is a legitimate contender. Podrick majors are often a result of what your form is in other tournaments, unless you're Brooks Kepka, right? The guys that perform well in majors perform well in other events. And when guys perform well in other events, they start to perform well in majors. It's the next level. And so Rory has kind of come down a couple of levels. His game hasn't been in great form, but he's working his way back towards something. Question is when Rory gets under the really, the, the really meaningful tournaments to history, uh, an open championship at Royal Port Rush, and every time he goes to Augusta National, what happens? And we haven't gotten great performances from him in, under that kind of circumstance. Um, but I do still think that Rory has – I think Rory will have a chance at, um, at a place like Southern Hills, at a PGA Championship, at a U.S. Open somewhere, and even yeah, but- at the Open Championship. I, I think it's still there. I mean, clearly, like his again, all the gifts. I'm more talking about like what is his since since Hoy Lake. What's his real like real real contention at a major? Well, he won the uh, he won at Valhalla most recently, or since uh, since Valhalla. Sorry, Carnoustie. Um, it was the the 2018. Carnoustie's kind of it. The 2018 Masters is the one that sticks out to me. He finished he, like he wasn't like in it though. I, I'm talking. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about like Sunday afternoon. Hey, you're you're one of the three. Like today, like I would say, Ustazen was in it. Spieth, Morikawa, k- kind of Rom, but like you've got a real shot on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah, back what, nine. You go back nine on Sunday. It's been Corey a while. Pines, Corey Pines, guys. He was atop the leaderboard on the eleventh hole until he three putted. Yeah, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Like made he, it to he, 11, right? He made it. He in 18, the Masters in 18, he made it to two after the second <laughs> hole. He, he right. lost it. Right? And this is, and, the, yeah, and this you, is, but little, Mark's right. Tory, Tory, legit, he had a legitimate chance there um, on the back nine. Kind of. He did. Yeah, he, he really did. Well, think about it. I've been on, listen, I've been on this page more than the rest of you combined. We're looking <laughs> at, at Rory's Wikipedia page, but a lot these of yellow. Are, these are not. You know the the he he actually led I think on like the 16th hole at Carnoustie in 18 when Molinari went on to win he made an eagle I think it was on 15 or 16 Mart probably remembers but the, there's just not a ton in it looks great it looks fun but I I don't I don't know that there's been like real legitimate hey I'm I'm have a real chance to win this major championship well while we while we think about that why don't you think about this i'm gonna ask you what your lasting image or moment was from this open championship but i'm gonna ask you at the end because i think that's a good way to end this but first you gotta do a couple of updates here gentlemen uh the one and done is getting all hot and spicy okay so let's start and work our way up from the bottom the coach started the week about 4.5 million he went with matthew fitzpatrick Mark, he got 79,000. He remains. Actually, he doesn't remain because Jacob passed him. He's back down in the basement. Great to see it. <laughs> you've got all of these people that you can pick from, and you go with Fitzpatrick. That was kind of curious to me. But, you know, I can see his logic around uh, a course in southern England, and Fitzpatrick had been playing well. 
Um, but uh, it's just coach. I wish he was on you so I could giggle at him a bit. You know, he could have picked anyone. Producer Jacob back in front of coach. Hop on. You got 682,000 from Louie, which I mean, that's almost ceiling what you would have expected to get, right? You got to be pretty thrilled with that. I'm very thrilled. I mean, when the winds died down, this turned into a PGA Tour event. So. <laughs> oh, stop. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, getting over half a million dollars from Louie at a PGA Tour event, the one in my book. <laughs> That's dirty. Uh, KP, you are $3.1 million clear of Jacob. You're at 8.1. Thanks to Brooks Kepka, who uh, I was talking with Greg b- before we went hot because Greg also had Brooks. If I would have offered you three hundred eighty-six thousand dollars on Sun on Saturday night for Brooks, oh, you would have sprinted to the bank for sure. The the six eighty-two for Louis has to feel worse than the three eighty-six for for Brooks, right? It does. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. also that also on Tuesday when we made these picks, this felt like the four. So it kind of yeah, it kind of averages out. I'm I'm fine with it. it, it it's a <laughs> Based on Saturday, it's a great result. Based on Tuesday, it was kind of like, yeah, that's, you know, 18 top 15 finishes in his last 22 majors. And one of those was when he didn't have full functional use of his left leg or whichever leg it was, right leg. Yeah, he couldn't even read any putts. Um, Mark, I'm happy to report that you have ended your five-week stretch of earning exactly $0. And you did it in a fairly significant way with $682,000 from Louis Oosthuizen. And you are now smack dab kind of in the middle of Kyle and, and Greg here at 8.6 million. Yeah. I'm glad I broke the cut streak. That feels good. But to be truthful, I am irate because at one stage I was looking <laughs> at this thing. It could be a Rick and Mark thing that separate from the rest when Brooks was way down the board and Louis was leading. So Will yeah. I take 600 and whatever it is, thousand? Sure. Am I disappointed? You absolutely bet I'm disappointed. In like 18 holes, our $1.8 million gap went to just like $250,000 between what Brooks and Louie were both looking at. Greg, you were the beneficiary of that Sunday round from Brooks Kepka as well, but it was not enough, my friends, because I have yeah. now taken the crown back, but only by... Geez, quick math. What is that? Eighty thousand. This is this is hotly contested. Yeah, it absolutely is. But I I look at this board of who everybody picked. We picked three players, and all I can say there's only one thing that makes sense to say right now, and it's they are who we thought they were. Brooks <laughs> Kepka comes in another top ten of the ma- of a major. It's another disappointing. Another may not be the right word, but a, a disappointing. T3 for Louie. That's what we've grown to expect from him because he is just a major killer. And Matt Fitzpatrick, Englishmen struggle in open championships in England. Um, and it's just like disappointing. It's just disappointing. So, um, yeah, we are, they are who we thought they were. That's what this is left with. Um, and it's going to be a cool battle down the stretch here as we get towards playoffs and events like that for, for this one and done contest. Cause it is, getting tight i'm shocked we didn't pick a barrack or a uh, barbasol player this week we kind of that would have been sick uh also we have one two three four five six seven eight ish events left if we're going to do the olympics somehow and if we're going to do barracuda so this is this is going to be tight coming we down should we should have a country draft for the olympics oh 
So you have you get the so you get both guys or however many. I guess take the U.S. out of it. But what do we get? Prestige. Yeah, what if you've used players already? Yeah, like, I use. Maybe this is I think a it's a week off. It's a one and done week off. Maybe maybe we float the possibility. This is a standalone thing, and you could get bonus bonus money. Pick whoever yeah. you want. Maybe just give five hundred grand to the winner. We're making up rules. I kind of. I kind of want Canada. Jake, you make up rules everywhere. <laughs> How much for Spain? Olympics? Spain would be good too. What what is what is a gold medal? Five hundred and eighty-six grams of gold in a gold medal. Five hundred eighty six. could play for five hundred and eighty-six dollars. This is good radio. Gold worth. Hold on, I'm almost there. Five hundred and sixty-eight. Oh, it's only worth like thirty-three thousand. No, no, no. We can't do that. We gotta raise <laughs> we gotta raise it more than that. Uh we'll figure something out. Which only leaves us with, well, one more update. And uh, it, it's KP's world. We're just living in it. Jacob, throw, throw up the, the image. I assume you have this loaded in. Um, Kyle has come Boom. full circle. There it is. So, wow. Let me see if I can describe this. We've, Let's go. Um, Kyle used to make uh, 20 picks <laughs> a week. Uh, At least. And it was it was the bane of, of Jacob's existence because he had to put them all up on the ground. It was a huge thing. And then he'd make 15 picks and then we'd make fun of him. He'd make 12 picks and then he'd make eight and he'd make six. And then this week he finally came full circle and he completed the bit and he made two picks in which he took 90% of his funds, put it on John Rom to finish inside the top 10. He did. And he took the rest of it, the other 10 bucks, put it on Colin Morikawa to win at 40 to one. He did. KP, two things. Uh, golf clap and also just retire. Th this this is over. You've done it. You did the whole thing. It's perfect. Well, I was thinking about how I now I can only do two picks every week because <laughs> this, this is what hit. So no, my days of doing fifteen selections in the in the betting card is is over. Morikawa being forty to one. I mean, even if he didn't win, that was that was crazy. He's a, he's a, he's he wins all the time. I mean, he's, he won four of his first 48 events before this one. I've made this argument on, I think, the Monday show with Greg and Sia all the time. If you blindly bet Colin Morikawa, you're, you're rolling in it because he, he, his odds never get short enough like DJ Rom and Bryson at some of these one-off events, and he wins more frequently than just about everybody. It's really he's, incredible that odds makers don't account for this. He's won 10% of the time. Yeah, and they, through 50, this will 50 events. Yeah. This, will, this will change it, I think. Pro probably. PGA uh, Championship the, wasn't, good, the, wasn't good enough? The, the PGA was a little, not hidden, but it was just kind of like, I don't know. There was no fan. It was it, it was very different than this one. This one was out in front of everything. It's the last major of the year, you know, all that stuff. And then uh, the ROM to top 10, uh, I was regretting that on Thursday, but it feels a lot better on Sunday night. I thought he was going to win. There was like a moment on Sunday. like uh, There was a moment on Sunday of the couple holes ago where I was like, oh, he's going to just birdie the last three and get into a playoff and win this. Unbelievable. His um, beard, by the way, John Rahm's beard. Is it's awesome. Incredible. It looks like it's yeah. colored on. Like, <laughs> how, how about this? That's great. John Rahm, the favorite to win the Olympics. William Hill has the Olympic odds out. John Rahm is five to one to win the Olympics. Xander Shoffley. Z Here's a guy who gets way too much credit in yes. the odds market. He never wins. He never, ever wins. And he is always like single digits. Morikawa has, has more wins in the last year than Xander has in his career. 
I don't know if that's actually true, but I think it's pretty close. I think it is. No, it, it, um, well, career to career, right? Five to four. Yeah. Sung Jay, 30 to one. With some incentive. <laughs> I like it. Rick's getting, we're talking about Morikawa and Rick's Sorry. getting steep on the Olympic odds. <laughs> I'm so excited. I haven't seen them yet. This is the first time I stumbled upon them. All right. How about this, gentlemen? As we head out of here, uh, our lasting image or moment from the 149th Open Championship. Mark, would you like to lead us off? It's always special when you see the uh, the champion golf of the, of the year get the claret jug, no matter who it is. But there were two for me, um, and they're both sort of outliers, if you will. The first one, to watch Marcel Seam walk down that 18th hole, just to the adulation of all those crowds in the stands. That awesome. was very cool. Was cool. And then for someone who's been on the golf course during the lockdown on PGA Tour golf courses, to see those gigantic stands and have them packed, that was heartening. I mean, I, I was so cool. That was so cool to see, and kudos to the RNA for what they did there. But then it's this one sort of personal for me to see Matthias Schmidt, you know, win the silver medal. And come out there that he is just a dynamite golfer. He played for me on the Arnold Palmer Cup team. He, he was a strong man. He's softly spoken. He's so good, so good. And and he's on the cusp of what I feel like is going to be a very, very good professional career. And so uh, it was cool to see him uh, win the uh, Low Am Award. I like that. Mine was any shot from the blimp where it was uh, 80 degrees and sunny. And I was like, oh my God, this is and like zero wind. I was like, what are we, what are we doing out here? And it looked awesome. And I think they said today was the hottest day of the year in Sandwich, which I love. KP, what do you got? Uh, probably Morikawa flushing like 130 shots in a row, just not missing a shot for four straight days. I, you know, I, I really think we got also the greenskeeper on uh, early in the week, just showing up on Golf Channel with his hair just splayed all over the place. I think we got we got an awesome major season and we got some iconic images from each one. If you go back to the masters, it was the bow, right? Mm-hmm. Phil, it was him walking up the 18th with everybody behind him and kind of that overhead shot there. Uh, Rom's fist pump on 18. And then I, you know, I don't, I actually don't know that there was like a single uh, image from the open, but I'll just remember Morikawa basically just knocking over flag, flag sticks for the last three days. I mean, he just, I was up middle of the night on Friday and watching his round. You're like, Oh my gosh, like he's going to shoot a 61 and it's going to be easy. And he didn't, but that was kind of the prelude to him winning this tournament. Hmm. Greg, what do you got? Put a bow on the 149th open championship. Uh, I thought the, the turning point was and the, the story of the whole day today. Um, and you can say the whole tournament was the putt Morikawa made on 15 to save par. It was kind of the last hope for Jordan Spieth, who I, I know um, there are a couple of us here, me included, who are rooting for him. And and that moment when he made the putt at 15, it kind of it, it ended the tournament for me. But it was also it, it was reminiscent of everything that he did throughout the day leading into that, where he was just rock solid. And you realized that um, that Jordan is going up against the machine and it was, it was not going to go his way. So um, I, I think the putt at 15 was the defining moment for me. All right. You have something. I'll, well, I'll, I was going to say just for posterity, I'll, I was rooting for speed, but I was rooting for like all four of those guys today. They're all yeah. very, very uh, rootable. I don't know what the right word is, but it's easy to root for all four of them. Is, Completely is what I'm trying agree. To say. Yeah. It was really, really cool. All right, gentlemen, that'll do it. 
Open Championship in the books. Uh, believe it or not, 3M Open next week, and Greg and Sia and I will break it all down on Monday for fantasy purposes as we turn our attention there. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there is Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD. Mark Immelman, you can find at Mark underscore Immelman and Kyle Porter. It's at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.